This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided. We're recording on August 2nd. Uh, the day after the MLB trade deadline. Uh, tonight, joined by Dave, Keith, Matt. I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys, we are going to talk a lot of NBA, or not NBA, MLB. Oh, no NBA. No yeah, NBA. What are we talking about? I don't know. No <laughs> NBA. But I was, I saw something popped up on Bally's for the NBA, and all of a sudden, while I was reading, that's what came out of my mouth. Um, but we're going to, lead it off with uh some of the breaking news that came out today from um it was an nbc source i should have probably had this pulled up um anyways we'll get to there uh about where it came from exactly but the big 10 apparently according to uh some reports is looking at adding in oregon washington Stanford and Cal. The big 20. <laughs> Some so, strategy involved there, more than one way, I do believe. Does that leave it with like the Pac 2 or something? Um, yeah, the Pac 12 is going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, Colorado is already moving back to the Big 12. Right. Um, but the strategy that is taking place with that if you think about it they now have taken the three biggest rivalries out of the pac 12 and brought them over to the big 10 usc ucla cal stanford uw and oregon not only do they have that then they also have the regions of southern california the bay area with cal and stanford and then all of the Pacific Northwest with Oregon and Washington. No, smart. Very smart. But you I have. Ever, you guys ever see the game Risk? Well, yeah, th- that's what this is becoming. It's going to be. There's <laughs> going to be the world domination game with the dice and the bags. Everything we used to play when we were younger. It's there like, is there is going to be three, maybe four big conferences when this is all said and done. And that's that's it. It'll be obviously the Big Twelve is re-adding people, so maybe the Big Twelve stays. It'll be the Big Twelve, the Pac, or the Big Ten, SEC, and the ACC. Yeah, but where's the SEC take teams from? I, I was thinking they take them from the ACC. Hmm. They take Clemson. They take yeah. Florida State. They take Miami. Yeah, that would make sense, right? So that's why I <clears throat> thought about. Well, maybe it only becomes. Three. Three then. Yeah. Yeah. The Big 12 takes the rest of the Pac 12 with Oregon State. And, I mean, the, the one thing that I don't know. So 
I mean, I guess I get it academically why they take in Cal at the Big Ten. The Cal athletics suck. Why would you – you already have the Bay Area market with Stanford. Why would you not go to maybe like Utah and try to get the whole state of Utah on your demographic then too? Yeah. Utah TV market isn't exactly. You know. No, but I mean, you just get to another another footprint of. Like, I think Salt Lake is. I think Salt Lake's is like just outside the top twenty five right now. Because mm-hmm. I think they're actually closing in on St. Louis. Because we dropped to twenty two. Maybe it should just be like an American League and a National League, you know, just like yeah. You know, I think up. that's honestly, I think that's what we're going to go from these conferences. We're just going to have quote power five schools, AKA the original five, but it's just going to be the power three, or it's going to be, they're going to branch off and do their own whatever again, kind of like they did with the BCS way back when. And then you're going to have the like mid majors, like Boise state and all that. Again, they kind of be told to figure it out. We'll see if Notre Dame gets off the pot and joins the conference. Why? They have no. They have no real reason to. Well, it depends how they set up the the bowl games, though. If you if you, you got, think, got four conferences and they're not, you think they have a brand unlike anybody other else, and nobody's going to turn that down. It's Notre Dame. It's national brand, and they don't need a conference. They're going to be the only team that's going to be accepted. UConn will have to join a conference. They're not going to be able to be independent again. Schools like that are going to have to go back to conferences. But Notre Dame would be the only one that they're they're too big. They they are. I mean, let's be real. Notre Dame is probably as a national footprint just as big as Alabama or Ohio State. They, but they have done that footprint as an independent and have been strong about being independent. Nobody's really going to push back because those they still get the rivalries and they still get the dollars from them. It, I mean, it, it leaves it very uh, open for other teams to try to do such things. Like, I'm surprised Texas has never really tried to do that with the whole state of Texas, but... <clears throat> I don't know. I just uh, I see why they're doing it because that's just where things are headed. But um, and I realize things change, but this whole thing just doesn't seem very interesting or attractive to me. Feels like you're going to lose a lot of rivalries, like actual hatred rivalries, and you know what I mean. Like because eventually you're going to not be able to play all those teams all the time. Like right. I mean, this is not. It's not a great analogy, but, you know, it's like as you go from city to city, you know, when we travel, uh, you just you see the same, if you want to call them big box stores everywhere. You know, there's nothing unique. And uh, so, yeah, you know, you're going to lose. Yeah, those, you know, you'll have some of them, some of the rivalries. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It can be very. Uh, gonna have uh, almost like a corporate feel to it, you know. Well, it's gonna be like a proly. Like it's gonna be like it's gonna be the same. I mean, realistically, it's still it already is, but it's gonna be the same ten teams out of that whole bunch, anyways. Mm-hmm. 
just you know playing doing whatever but then it'll yeah it'll be like you're gonna play the same like you do in conference obviously you play the same eight teams or seven teams whatever your conference is signed up for but then outside of that you're gonna end up playing the same four or five teams over and over too like to your point yeah you're gonna see the same 40 teams every single weekend on tv no matter what how they're Mm -hmm. how they're doing and that's why the pac 12s being eaten alive from the outside is because they failed to get a very lucrative TV contract for their football and basketball. They signed with CBS sports, not CBS, CBS sports and Fox. And then Fox says, well, we have the big 10, so they're going to be all of our early games and you're going to be all your games are going to be at nine o'clock at night on Fox or FS one or FS two, you know, like, they did not do a good job negotiating it. Matt, what are you getting ready to say? Well, no, I was just going to say, are they, are they, I mean, I would assume they're still doing all these rival, rivalry trophies, you know, the different, like, I don't know, Paul Bunyan's acts and all those, that, like, you know, the different schools that play each other. Or was, was that going to get, you know, kind of, I mean, they, yeah, they, they still do those. But the point, like, to that point, like, eventually these are going to be so big that, yeah, you can't do those every single year. Right. Yeah, I think that's like, kind of fun, you know, those 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 games, you know. Like the SEC already is gonna go to they're going to pods for the uh next year when the Texas and Oklahoma join. You're gonna see like a rotation of four you're gonna play two teams constantly every year, but then you're gonna see a rotation of four other teams every single year. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, you're gonna see three teams every year and then rotate four other ones through every single time maybe five whatever the math is but like and it's like they're going to get rid of divisions it's going to be just the top two teams are going to play each other no matter what division they're in yeah so then will they still incorporate the um um you know the mid-majors and the uh early season games uh or will it I'll just be um... for the SEC. I mean, they've all, they're only going to play. I think it was they're only playing uh, nine conference games, mm-hmm. so they still get three, three non-conference where or you know however they want to. And most of the time in the SEC, yeah, they schedule those cupcakes because they need the uh, the half a game practice day off type of scenario since. The SEC is the most physical of you know like it's right. So it's you know. I, so what happens to the uh, and maybe they're already in this mix, but the Cincinnati's and the I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati's you uh, Central Florida. Those guys are going to the Big Ten or Big Twelve. What? Let me double check who's all going. Yeah, I think I think um, that does ring a bell. So obviously, we said Colorado is going back. Um, Big Twelve is adding in. Let me get this is this is great, great sports talk. Huh? Trying to find the information. I should have had all this ready. Uh, 
Big 12 conference. Here we go. And is all this a for sure? Like this is going to happen? Or this is- I mean, when these like come out as like, oh, they're exploring, like it was like pretty much a they're looking at USC and UCLA and like a week later they were coming next year. Yeah. Like yeah, the work's uh, been done to get the site off. Yeah. Every time one of these things happens, it it's it it's never not happened. <laughs> yeah. So the only time it didn't was Mizzou. The Big Ten used Mizzou to try to get right. Kansas and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mizzou realized that, pivoted, went to the SEC, and Nebraska stayed with the Big Ten. Right. Um, but yeah, so so they're adding in Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, uh to the Big 12, and then losing Oklahoma and Texas. And then Colorado is coming back. So, I mean, that still, again, leaves if with the Pac-12 getting ready to looking like it's getting ready to go away for, for good. Um, that leaves what? Oregon State, Arizona, both Arizona schools, Oregon State, uh, Utah, and Washington State as teams that Somebody will jump on. But I don't know. Um, It just... It doesn't have the same feel. I don't think college sports will have the same feel, I should say. But is that because... What... I guess the question I want to ask you guys... What is tearing college sports away more from what it used to be? Conference realignment or NIL? Well, if you include the portal with NIL, then I'll, I'll well, go. Well, I should say, yeah, uh, all three. Those are all three separate options. The portal, NIL, conference realignment. Well, I think you got to give them all 33 and a third percent because <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> it's just uh, it's so different. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not doing the, you know, I wish it was like it was when I was growing up thing, but and, and now it's just so dramatically different. Um, it, 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 you know, and charm is certainly not the right word, but uh, for lack of a better word, um, yeah, the charm's not there anymore. It's just uh, so big business. Um, not that it hasn't been, but it's just so evident and so obvious that uh i don't know it's just not the same doesn't have the same feel well i feel like you don't get a chance to like like now you're just hating the school because you hate that logo not because kansas has had brandon rush and you know these guys for four years and you get to see these guys for four years playing basketball and hate their guts because they've had a couple of big shots to be, you know, like, cause one year Brandon Rush can be playing for at the time, Kansas, the next year he's playing for Mizzou or the next year he's playing for UCLA, yeah. or, you know, and, well, and I think the portal is like basketball what, more than football, even because in yeah. basketball, one or two guys make a huge difference. That team. Well, yeah, but I just mean, so take it to a football stance too, right? Like, like, 
there's no way Mizzou becomes the way Mizzou was under Gary Pinkle because Chase Daniel after one year was going to be would have been pulled away in the portal for mega dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew Locke same way. I don't know. I just I think my take is the thing that ruined it the most is the the, the portal portal itself. I agree. Just being able to and not having a city become here. a free agent. Or well that but then I also I guess I should say I think the portal is the biggest right behind it is the instant NIL money. Like if I if I was if God forbid they came to me and asked, well, how would you maybe change this? The guy's got to be on campus for an entire year to then receive an entire any penny of NIL money. Yeah, but that way it's not going an, to the highest bidder, no matter right, what. Come in as an incoming freshman and basically uh essentially you're a free agent, you know. Yeah. And, well, and then um, you're the same way in a pool too, like the or when you go to the portal, dominant love it. The uh wide receiver from Mizzou led the SEC in yards. Guess what? Oh, he's got all of a sudden he's got a uh seven hundred fifty thousand dollar NIL deal with Georgia. Hmm. I guarantee you that went through before he went into the portal to know mm-hmm. that he was gonna get that. Mm-hmm. And now Mizzou's I mean, Mizzou's out that wide receiver and he went to a rival school and doesn't have to sit. Right. But yeah, and it's going to be the rich, rich getting richer. I mean, it's going to oh, be, yeah. uh, you know, and, and whatever the playoff setup is, you know, you're going to have your usual cast of characters with an occasional uh, outsider who pops in one or two every year. It, yeah, because they've what, got a couple kids that stuck around for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, what are the, what are the limits on the NIL money, though? Because, you know, it's, well, I know when this there is, are no limits. So I thought there were supposed to be. Wasn't there supposed to be something where they They were talking about how they could, but no, there's no. Look at Manning down in Texas, got a million and four on one deal. Yeah, see, I don't don't know. I I, I, I mean, he never asked, I mean, basically, he doesn't have the money game. Yeah, and I don't know if putting limits on it uh, would uh, pass muster in court. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, Uh, And I I trust that, but I think that would be the flagging off immediately. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there there is no limit on anything, and I the only the only quote limit is that it actually has to come from like a sanctioned organization, company, or like it can't come from a person. Mm -hmm. Companies can apply to be sanctioned NIL donors to that school specifically. Well, or should... to that guy specifically through the school. Yeah, I mean it's it it on, on the surface though it makes sense because you know the NCAA was just raking in all the money and all these players likenesses and jerseys and everything they got they wouldn't see a dime. Well, most of them, some of them, some of them saw money on the legally side. legally see a dime. Yeah, right, legally, right, right, right. So <laughs> it makes sense that these players. I mean, you, they're, they are the product, right? So they should make money off of it, which I, I get. Yeah. Three, I don't know what that is, you know, how much is too much. But then you can also, you know, if these players are so highly touted or so great, why do they even have to go to college? You know, why do they have to play, was it two years, right? The two years three years, college. three years in college. Yeah. Like you have to go through your junior year. You have to be three years out of high school to go to the NFL. Yeah. Maybe One year for basketball. Yeah. Maybe they should be an NFL developmental league or something. You know what I mean? It's like a, to counteract it. It's 
well, I mean, water down the, the product than NCAA. With the NFL, it's a little more, it's a little different than, say, the NBA in the fact that from a physical standpoint, a lot of these kids coming out of eight, out of senior year of high school no, are right. not ready to look the hell beat out of them by yeah. you know, 50 pounds heavier and twice as fast. Yeah, even, even, um, the, biggest, even the biggest linemen aren't uh, physically ready for they, that. They don't have the yeah. strength. Yeah. An 18-year-old yeah. linebacker trying to hit the hole with Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. to just be devil's advocate, Matt, to your point, like, because I that's kind of like the point about like they make the university so much money. I agree with that. To play devil's advocate, you hear all those people be like, well, they get an education for free. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, maybe. but yeah, but like you get an education, but that doesn't pay for your food. That doesn't pay for like, and how many of them actually finish that? You know, I finished yeah. a degree. I don't know. Right. But that's cool. Yeah. That's that's why I say like the NIL money should come to you a year after you've been there. So it's not just this free agency, what like give them a stipend, give every player a stipend, whatever you want to do. And then after your year there, because before you're not really making anything for them for the school. You're not making any money as a as a senior in high school for the school you're going to commit to, or for in Lovett's case for Georgia as a wide receiver at Missouri, you're not making it Georgia any money. Why do you get it right away? But what is it? Does it also, is it kind of like the Dodger Yankee effect where it's like Alabama and Georgia can't afford the most because they've got the bigger oh, program. Yeah. So well, they start dumping money and get all the players. So, and it's just, I mean, there's right. other so you just, you just make public uh, or you make legal what was uh, under the table uh, before exactly. you know, under the guise of, you know, the NIL and, and uh, you know, uh, Joe donor uh, who was, uh, who's, a, you know, donating millions of dollars every year to the program uh, uh, <laughs> publicly. And then, you know, the, under the table to all the players, now it's all legit, you know? Yeah. And, and so th those things, you know, every school has those donors, but the Ohio States and Alabamas of the world have many more and more deep pockets. And so you've just made legal what was. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear some sort of like salary cap where you can only use <laughs> that on so many? You know, there's only a limit of the donated money or whatever. Well, but then you're into like pro sports <laughs> and you're into scholarship caps and all this same. You know, I know. you yeah. want to hear the top 10. Uh, it's just not it's not fair so i guess maybe my vote then is for the nil money because it almost feels like it's it's making it and not a collegiate sport it's a professional sport yeah oh here here you go. the top 10 nil deals so in for this coming school year 23 24 uh i'll go backwards number 10 making 1.3 million dollars is drake may a quarterback from unc Number nine, making $1.5 million. Uh, so, uh, Sunsi Lee, the gymnastics girl that won gold medal who goes to Auburn at the Olympics this past year. Number eight, making $1.55. Uh, I don't. Bas he's a basketball player 
going to Northwestern State University. I don't know where that is exactly. I think that's Louisiana. Is it? Uh, you're right. Hassan Emanuel, 1.55. Hmm. Uh, at number seven, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, making $1.6 million at Ohio State. That's probably uh, less than he would have made before the NIL stuff <laughs> at Ohio State. <laughs> 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 so taking a pay cut. At number, <laughs> at number six, making 1.65, University of Colorado's quarterback, Dion's boy, Shador Sanders, his son. This is all taxable income too, right? Like, not, I think so. Not just like a charity donation type stuff where it's slid. And then you jump to the top five. At number five, Olivia Dunn. Gymnastics doesn't does not oh, yeah. make Team USA for the Olympics. Gymnast of LSU making three point two million dollars. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's like an Instagram. Mom. Yes. TikTok, all that stuff. All that yeah, stuff. yeah. So yeah, she's uh, uh at number four, making three point two million dollars. Also, Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. Uh, at number three, making three point six million dollars, point guard from Memphis. Oh, and he's getting paid by Puma most of this money. <laughs> Mikey Williams. Number two, three point seven million dollars, quarterback. Texas, Arch Manning. And the number one $7.6 million from USC, LeBron's son. What? Yeah. And and let me ask you this. Are those uh, are, are, are those annual figure? In other words, that's this season. You that's know? this season. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if that means like well, because Caleb Williams isn't a freshman, so and neither is done or hair yeah so i don't know if those like renew or if that's what they technically have signed this year you know like because i don't know if arch manning says uh his nil totalings are 3.7 so that must be multiple i'm guessing well yeah because i was going to ask because my understanding is they can have multiple nil deals so maybe those are the totals as opposed to yeah like well like Olivia Dunn's is because she makes like a million dollars both from Instagram and TikTok. Right. Okay. That's why she's 3.2. Yeah. Man, that's like, I don't know. And how much is LeBron donating to USC then for his son? Why is LeBron donating to USC though? He has no ties to USC. I know. It's Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, he can spell um, USC. Because then he can look it up on his taxes or something. I don't know. Who knows? That's that's unbelievable. He's not even that good. Hopefully. So it's actually not coming from USC. Most of that money. You want to guess where most? Yeah, they better of, hope that he's better than Jordan's kids. You want to you want to oh. guess where most of that money's coming from? Is it Nike? Yes. Yeah. I just was reading a little further in the article. His massive lucrative shoe deal of five million and a half dollars. Shoe deals are unreal. I, it's a whole other world. Like, well, like. Hold on. Do they get their money back? God forbid he's, you know, knock on wood that he's okay fully. He's going yeah. to cardiac arrest. Do they get their money back if he doesn't play? Uh, it depends on the contract. Uh, how well it's written. Right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. 
Arch Manning's going to be a backup maybe this year behind I mean, Quinn Hewers. Nike is like, eh, we, we tried. We'll move on. We'll get another somebody in here and make quadruple that. Just, come on. But then you also like, does that not create a divide in your locker room? Yeah, it makes you wonder. <clears throat> yeah, especially if he's not the best player on the team. It's like, not even just that. Like, you're only getting this money because your dad is LeBron James and your grandfather or your godfather's mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so you're you're in the back, you're back in the dorm, and and you go, hey, what do you want to go grab something neat tonight? You know, and Brian goes, let's go to Morton's. You know, <laughs> 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 you're going to Jersey Mike's. You know? <laughs> Let me Uber and helicopter, and we'll go. Yeah, for, first I was saying dollar menu at Taco Bell, but okay. Yeah. I doubt if Bronny's in the dorm. <laughs> no, he's got a million dollar mansion on the lakes or on the ocean somewhere. This guy's got all he's got all online classes, guarantee it. Yeah, right. Well, speaking speaking of what Jenna Marion showed me earlier, you see the house that Saban built in Jupiter? No, no that's it. 18, $18 million dollars, and it, it stretches from the ocean to the all the way to the intercoastal. Good for him. He's won a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gonna win a lot more too. Don't they have it in their contract so, too that they like the school buys them their house in wherever you know? Oh, and so, so yeah, uh, Lincoln Riley had in his contract oh, yeah. that yeah. they bought his house for a hundred million dollars more than what he was lo- trying to sell it in Oklahoma. <laughs> um, also, then paid for him to have a private jet for recruiting purposes oh yeah right um and then also gave him uh because of the raise in income uh 150 million dollars more on top of uh whatever house he decides to buy and that's just that and then his salary of like 6.7 million dollars yeah and if you're a loose saver or something when's the last time you think you paid for a meal it's insane I don't know. He buys his little Debbie oatmeal cakes a lot. He loves those. Oatme- <laughs> yeah. Debbie oatmeal cakes, a Coke, and a... Yeah, I got, I got a feeling the little Debbie truck pulls up to the house. Yeah. Those yeah. crates up there. So here's the... St- so um, according to this article that had these top 10 listings, so NIL has really only been in effect for two years, technically. Uh, but really only one football season. $900 million have been spent on NIL so far already. Wow. Yeah. Can't we put Crazy. that back in the economy? Right. Maybe not have gas be, you know, 350 in Missouri and whatever it is in Chicago. That'd be nice. <laughs> but yeah. All right. I guess it's time to... Time- it shouldn't be. I don't know, but I guess time it, to move on from grouchy old men talking about what it used to be like. We need, we need those cigars hanging out of our like the old sports writers. Yeah, <laughs> fedoras. It just it's foggy. <laughs> it like it boggles my mind because like some of these people, Arch Manning, LeBron James, they don't need the money. They'll never need the money, and like, you know, like. They get more of it. Yeah. Well, I think you're also laying the groundwork, though, for uh, other kids to say, oh, yeah, you know, and that's that they associate that with 
that school, and then it makes it more attractive when uh, they're being recruited. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you can't but, tell me. Yeah, that. but they don't. Yeah, they don't need the money. They, they, you know, of all they don't need the nil money. No, you can't tell me that. Of uh, when once this actually really really gets going, Snoop Dogg ain't gonna be throwing around a couple million dollars every single year to a couple of top football players to come play at USC. You know, like, because why not? But we'll move on. We will move on to uh, what happened yesterday. The MLB trade. Actually, before we do that, I do have one, one, one topic about the NFL that I just wanted to bring up, um, mainly because I was shocked when I heard this. Uh, so I was listening to Dan Patrick. He had Chase Daniels on the other day, like last week or something. Chase Daniel and Derrick Henry have made – almost the exact same amount of money in the NFL. <laughs> and one's going to keep playing and the other's going to play. And, and, one, and one's got a future and probably going to make still make more than the other one. Yeah. One was a backup in the NFL and one was the two-time league rusher. Yeah, and the one that's going to be a backup for another four or five years will make more than Henry will over those five years. Mm-hmm. But, like, think of, think about that. Like, I think what it just shows is how much they devalue the running back. Like it was all brought up because of the right. Saquon Barkley stuff. And yeah, because nobody was uh, signing those guys. That's Dalvin Cook can't find anybody to sign him. Like that's bad. I mean, it's bad. And then, then Saquon settled for whatever it was. And and then one point four billion dollars or something like that. Yeah. But the Patriots, was it? No, yeah, no, no, no. Giants for Saquon. No. Yeah. Dalvin Cook he, apparently he, had like a two million dollar contract that he I don't know if he failed the physical or turned down from uh, the Patriots, but yeah, it's, it's rough. I mean, I think they were, they were talking about having some sort of like union running backs union inside the CBA, whatever, (laughs) a subunion being phased out. It's just the position is not being valued and and rightfully so It's, it's, you know, you can't spend that much money on a guy like that, that, has a higher potential of getting hurt and doesn't last very long. Right. Yeah. So as of right now, he just got paid uh, his roster bonus this year. So before he got paid his roster bonus of $14 million. How's he going to survive? Well, (laughs) no. So this is Derrick Henry, $14 million. So after his $14 million roster bonus this year, career earnings are $45 million. Chase Daniels career earnings forty one point eight million dollars. <laughs> Smart dude. Smart dude. But just like, come on. But all right, now we'll move on to the. Uh, well, it's just trade. you know the the all the running backs are strung out through their prime years through multiple injuries usually um, before they get their big massive paychecks and then they, they get, don't get paychecks. Players. Look at Ezekiel right. Elliott. Right. Well, he's yeah. He, I think he was the reason why all the other GMs are like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. It's because he did get paid, but it's you know, it, for what you know, you got Tony Pollard there making, well, I don't even know what an, an eighth of what Zeke's making, and he's right. out producing. Well, and the game is so franchise take this, and the game is different too. It's um, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, you need a running back, but 
it's really just, you know, uh, more to compliment the passing game every night, every now and then keep yeah. the defense somewhat honest, gain yeah. some yards here and there. But, you know, I mean, the passing game is obviously the focus. And yeah, yeah. there's no more 25, 30 carries a game for one. Yeah, it's just, just not happening. You got 12. That's about it. You know, man, maybe if you can catch, you'll swing out and you'll catch a few passes, too. But, you know, those are those are the really good running backs. So it's. But Matt, to your point, so before Ezekiel Elliott got his roster bonus of twenty three point eight million, or after his twenty three point eight million dollar roster bonus he got this year, he's only made seventy in his lifetime. So it's not like he's gotten like Matt. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right, yeah. And all these, you know, you can franchise. Like think about that. Rogers has what? Rogers gets a or not even Rogers. Herbert now gets fifty five point four or whatever a year. Well, yeah, and then like if, if they aren't, if the GM or the, the teams aren't signing these running backs to bigger deals, then that franchise tag dollar drops too because you don't have – you're paying, what, the top yeah, 10 of the running back It's the uh, average so, of the top 10 of that position, yeah. Yeah, so with the, all that is being pulled back too. And it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, you almost need to like rope them in with another position then or something. That, I, I well, it's know. almost like – yeah, it's almost like you just call – you go skills – Quarterback skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you yeah, can make whether that's tight ends, with, whether with, that's... Uh, with offensive line. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I would just so. you classify tight ends. That, that way, if you want to franchise tag a tight end, you have to match the top 10 of running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah. I mean, think about it. Then a team that's got somebody like, like before they signed Cole Komet, if they would have franchise tag Cole Komet, he would have been what, maybe. Th- Four million dollars, five million dollars, because I mean, after you after you leave Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, what tight end Hawkinson maybe is really getting any sort of money? Yeah, any real money. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's like the it's MLB tough. right now with players, pitchers that are uh, over thirty-two years old and have qualifying <laughs> offers. They don't really get signed. Unless you're a Verlander or a Scherzer, yeah. Well, yeah, when you're a three-time Cy Young winner and you have an owner that'll do anything to spend and spend anything, there's a little difference. But we will get – all right, we'll just get right into it then. Good. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm I trying to, the one thing I was going to say before we get into the trading, I don't know if you heard, it just came out right before we started, uh, why Liam Hendricks didn't go anywhere. Hey fans, I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor, hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. So... Can you guys ever remember in the history of Major League Baseball, a team trades not one, but two three times Cy Young winners in the same in the same week? Well, they traded they traded uh, uh, three people over there. That are, have more payroll than about six, <laughs> seven new teams. Well, yeah, I'm not, we're, we'll get in. We'll get into the way that Steve, 
<laughs> we'll get into the way that Steve Cohen just bought prospects here in a little bit, but you know, oh yeah, I think I think that's something that the MLB should probably start taking a look at. But yeah. you know, we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But Definitely. like realistically, Scherzer to the Rangers, Verlander to the Astros. Has that ever happened? Nah, I don't know. Well, first I mean, off, first you, off you, you, have, don't, have, you don't live with two Cy Youngers on one team usually. Yeah, you, know, you have to ask how many people first have won two or three Cy Youngs. Yeah, yeah. You know, much less being on the same. Okay, team. so let's. Just, has anybody ever traded two Cy Youngs, even if they're just one-time winners in the same week? No, like, it's got to be a zero, right? Like, yeah, <clears throat> I just can't imagine that. Who's who's one? Because right? usually, if you have those guys, you're not not in contention and you're not shipping them out. I mean, is I guess unless you have the Marlins, have the Marlins ever done that? Maybe after they won a year, have they ever shipped out two because they don't want to pay them down the line? I, I don't think they would have had two Cy Young. Dontra Willis and Josh Beckett maybe, but I don't think they were traded in the same week. Willis won the Cy Young? I don't no, know. I'm just thinking off the top yeah, of my head. Like, around uh, those yeah. 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 Who else was down there? It was Rick. Well, it, it, it Cohen's paying for is it Verlander or Scherzer? He's paying for next year's salary. Well, he's paying half of it. He's well, paying, well, sorry, yeah. so he's paying 17. So no, 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 no. More than that. They're both yeah, like, yeah, half of that. He's, te- he's technically paying 23, I think, on each. <laughs> there you go. Which is what you're getting. But, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. But that was that was not to actually pay for them. Oh, so they got a better pro. He's buying prospects for $23 million. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He bought Acuna's brother. Pick up more of the money and got yeah, he bought Acuna's brother and he got two top 100 or he got two top 100 prospects from the Astros. Yeah. There's only five top 100 prospects traded all the whole deadline. White Sox got one. Yeah. Giolito, which that's a shock to me. Yeah. I'm surprised they got as good of a prospect as they did. They also got a top 10 left handed pitcher. Yeah. In all of baseball for Jake Berger. Yeah, which uh, that I was I was kind of crushed to see that just slightly. I mean, he's just one of those guys that you can build a clubhouse around. But if he doesn't wow. have that much control, they don't get maybe their next ace. Twenty eight. He was controllable through twenty eight, which is. But I'm saying yeah. So, but I'm saying if he was like a free agent to be, yeah, they're not getting potentially their next ace. But and, when you step when you right. step back for a minute on that, you look at it and say they traded. The guy leading the team in home runs that was there. And with the field, the, the team they put on the field defensively and offensively, he's the only guy in the field they moved. They moved. The only one. So obviously nobody else. And I told you they would overvalue all the rest of them that were there. And they did it again. No, it's not. No, it's not about over. It's just that nobody wants, like in the White Sox case. Pay what they, they paid these people. Yeah. No, no, it has nothing to do. No, dollar. No, it's that the White Sox wanted probably, a, which they should. These guys are under control. It's not like they're free agents that they're going to walk. Well, they some of them are getting closer to out of control, like Montana. Okay, but the point is, is they wanted guys. No team that like a lot of those White Sox trades for those type of guys are. It's the same reason the Cardinals didn't do it. Mosella came out and said it in you know, were not so many words. Like why they didn't trade some of their controllable guys. If you're going to trade these controllable guys, you guys, you want guys that are going to be on your roster in 24, the rest of this year and 25 for sure. And a lot of these teams that are in contention aren't going to take guys off their active roster to add in 
guy you because they need you they want them or they need them or they're in the pennant race you know so like that's why it becomes like it becomes a Tim Anderson being traded in the off season because yeah. then the Dodgers, a team, the Dodgers were quoted to say the Sox viewed Anderson <clears throat> almost untouchable you because kidding? they didn't because they don't Are have to move him yeah me? because yeah. they because they don't have to move him it's the same thing with Dylan who said, who said Tim Anderson was untouchable I never heard that yeah. no, 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 I, it was in the, the one of the guys from the Dodgers that they wanted don't believe a thing the Dodgers right the Dodgers. The Dodgers, the Dodgers were drumming up the Arenado thing. Yes, and it all and like the the writer might not have been wrong. He might have been told what he's told, but it's the it's the Dodgers organizations making up absolute bullcrap and feeding it to these guys to write articles about. Like it's it happens all the time. It's well, St. Louis, like, St. Louis was never going to move Arenado or Goldsmith. According idiots. to them, it was already a done deal. Yeah, they, like, they would have been idiots. And, you know, anybody watching that would have. No, because not everybody thought Jordan. that obviously because that was the that was the talking point on national media for three weeks how much Arenado and Goldschmidt should get moved to either the Yankees or the Phillies or mm-hmm. the Dodgers or Seattle blah blah and it was all the time there was article after article after article writers but, but that's what, baseball yeah so the, but I'm saying to the point about the Tim Anderson like that did Unless it's coming from somebody in Chicago saying that, I wouldn't believe if it's if you're saying citing a Dodgers guy, I would say it's BS. I mean, they don't move, they don't move Mancata, they don't move Anderson, they have two horrible catchers. Because they have, well, they they literally said Grand, they came out and said we will pay for somebody to take Grandal because nobody wanted him. But some of that is because there's nobody that needs a catcher right now that's in contention. The Yankees need a catcher, but they're what nine games back. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, do you want? He, he's not good defensively. He's really not, not a good batter either. So, yeah, like there's there's nobody worse. that needed needed him. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah. But to to the point, like it's the same thing with the, why the Cardinals didn't trade Gorman or which I hope they don't trade Gorman, but Newbar, O'Neill, Carlson, Edmund, Donovan, whoever for pitching, because they have these under control. Why why ship out guys at one their well, lowest they're value? Produ- they're also producing them. Not really. Some of these guys aren't, but but to the point, the Carlson or O'Neill, if the Cardinals ship them out, it's at their lowest value. It's at Tim Anderson's lowest value. It's at Juan McConnell's lowest value. It's at Gavin Sheets's lowest value. It's at well, Vaughn's probably not lowest value. Yeah. Eloy's probably yeah. not lowest value. But it's like unless you're gonna give us these like even shipping out dylan cease this year is at his lowest value yeah i think they were they have control they don't need to move them and you're if you're moving those guys you want two or three pieces that are going to be helping you one at least one piece helping you instantly and two pieces that'll help you next year and or the year after in like as impact guys and not many guys not many teams that are in the hunt are going to want to take subtract that off of their roster what they might need down the stretch to do that now it's different if tim anderson's a free agent after this year or if mancata is a free agent after this year or tyler o'neill is a free you know like because yeah. then you might not have anything for the asset right. anyway then you, you just get the jack Flaherty, montgomery yeah. giolito thing yeah i foresee like with your point i foresee maybe some of these trades happening in the off season i don't think Dylan Cease has gone okay. in the offseason. I yeah. do think that. And I, the big thing, I, which I'm, I'm just assuming, and I, I saw a couple articles, but is that you know they made him available at the end, and there was there wasn't anybody on the roster that wasn't unavailable, 
And I think trade talks were happening with Baltimore. I think Baltimore wanted to lean in and actually get a pitcher. And I think Jackson Holiday was the asking price, and they said no. And so, it should be. That's that's yeah, right. Like you should you realistically well, you have, should have been the asking price. I but agree. I'm saying so, but realistically, right. yeah. Realistically, if you have a guy that's controllable, no matter what, to trade him, whether he's effective or right not right now, like it should always in your mind be like, here's the godfather offer that we can't turn now. Mm-hmm. As long as he's got control. If he's a free agent, it's a different story. I mean, I'd love Cease back across town, but the first the first name that's going to come up would be Pete Crow Armstrong. And without that, there won't be a deal. And, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, and, he's, he's and, I, and I agree with uncontrollable. He's he'll um, get he's going to get traded to one of two one of two places. It'll be either the Dodgers, or I could see it being Atlanta. Yeah, they've got a lot. They've got a, just a log jam of, of players and prospects coming yes. up. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. You know, I'm. It, it, I it's kind of again. It was a little frustrating with with the White Sox for sure. To it was a half in half out effort, and then you see somebody like Jake Berger go, and you're kind of pissed. But then you look what you get in return. You're like, okay, you got rid of Giolito. Maybe this is Giolito's replacement. I, I don't quite understand the bad blood with Giolito. I'm not quite sure really what happened there. Um, why they were arguing about fifty thousand dollars? Well, don't shortchange that fifty thousand dollar argument. Yeah. No, but he's saying why that was such a big thing. But what, yeah. his point, like, why, why either way was that such a big sticking yeah. point between both of them? Like, but, I think it, Matt's it, saying there had there had to be more to it. Yeah, there had to be more. more. And I think Giolito has the same mindset that Jack Flaherty kind of yeah. does. It's not so much the hatred towards the team or whatever. They don't like the system of being under control for seven years and not really getting, you can literally get just a 10% bump every time until you hit arbitration. Yeah. Right. So I think they don't like the, like Flaherty always talked like after you're on 19, that you'd be brought up. And if he was taken as he doesn't want to be in St. Louis, no, he wants, he wanted to do something like he was like, I'm going to the market because I want to try to break the system as in not, not the Cardinal system, the system of, you know, until you hit arbitration one, two, three, you don't really get a say of what you make. You can only well, get you know, true, but you know, you ought to have a conversation with your union, <clears throat> you know, yeah. as yeah. well. Your union is the one uh, that negotiated well, uh, that deal. I'm going to bet if you have the union do that, right, and the union goes to the people and say, well, they want those guys to be able to negotiate younger than to do it then the then the owners are going to say okay that's fine then you like because that right now you have to get a at least a 10 percent raise every year they might they might be like okay then we don't have to guarantee any sort of raise we then always go to arbitration and your value can fall every single year mm-hmm. if, you know what I mean? like yeah there's gotta be a trade-off yeah, yeah. so maybe that's why well, there should be some risk reward on both sides I mean, it's, right yeah that's why the ten percent. I think they came up with that ten percent thing is just because, quote unquote, cost of living. Whatever, like you know, everybody gets their annual raise for the you know for the most part. But, but so to Matt's point about the socks, yeah, I think Giolito, I think Flaherty, I think they're both gone at some point. 
Lance Lynn went to the Dodgers. Joe Kelly went to the Dodgers yeah. out of the Sox. Kelly, makes sense going back there. Lance Lynn, I was kind of wondering where he was going to go. I think they probably got their big, biggest return shipping both of them together. Tying tying people together was what they were talking about this year was like the only way to get relatively decent prospects. Yeah. Yeah, it was a shock to see what we got back for Giolito for, uh, for a rental. And, you know, sending him back out west was, was nice because I know he wants to be there anyway. So. Goes home. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that's where he signed. I always thought Giolito would sign with the Angels anyways, and I think – I don't know now because he hasn't stayed healthy enough. I always thought Flaherty was a Dodger because they both go back home. One goes to the bigger market that pays a lot more dollars. One goes to a market that isn't as on you but likes to spend some money, you know. You can hit, you can hit gold in some of those ones, but even for rentals. I mean – you, you go back two years and the, the Cubs got their number one pitching prospect, Brown, from Philadelphia for David Robertson, who it was heading, has been a good reliever ever since. But, I mean, he was leaving at the at the end of the year. And Pete Crow Armstrong came for, uh, uh, which we call, our, our buddy. Uh, Bias. Bias. Yeah. Well, so so I think some of those, <laughs> some of those pen on the year, right? Like this year, th- yeah. this year they kept talking about like, Oh, it's not like, even though there's not that many sellers, it's not a seller's market because all these teams are more looking for controllable pitching. So they're, they don't want to give up these assets on, you know, so kind of. You look at Cincinnati. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they didn't make it because I thought Seeds was going to Cincinnati. And I thought that would, that would have just been. They're not, they have, they have, they have too much stuff that they have built up. They have their own. I mean, they have two guys coming back off IR. Yeah. Not only just that, I think they have their plan. They're like, oh, we might be here a year early, but we're not going to risk it. Yeah, that's exactly. Because all these guys are under, like all these guys are rookies. The mm-hmm. only guy that comes up for any sort of money is Jonathan India next year. Mm-hmm. And Joey Votto leaves. He's probably going to retire. Meaning that's like $23 million off their books for Votto. They can give some to India. They can go after whatever pitcher they want and give them a four-year deal because all these guys – Ellie Cruz, you know, McLean, yeah. and for, for yeah. four more years, five more years. And I've seen a lot of them over the last three weeks. I, I these guys, most of these guys are a real deal. Mm-hmm. They're good. But yeah. They're- another team that did nothing is the team the Cardinals are playing right now, the Minnesota Twins. The rest of their division, even though they're only one game up, two games up, whatever, sold. Yeah. The Guardians. Clearly, clearly so, it's our best starter. No, it's so dumb. The whole division is so nobody wants it. They're like, just somebody, please, just take it. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're good. We'll see you next year. Yeah. You literally get two home games out of this, and people are passing it away. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh god. Um, Cardinals, like we said, Jack Flaherty of Baltimore. Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton to Texas, Jordan Hicks, Paul DeYoung, uh, Henesis Cabrera all to Toronto. Apparently, John Mosellock had a theme where he would only trade with birds or maybe he only searched so far in his, you know, his Rolodex of towns because Texas and Toronto are right next to each other alphabetically and Baltimore <laughs> is one of the first that is not in the National League. It might actually, I think it is the first team in the American League. Hey guys, want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, 
sportsdividedsn.com and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. So, I feel about the sheet. I didn't. I didn't anticipate anybody going that that uh, that didn't go that went for you guys. So it was. I mean, I thought. I thought. I honestly thought Carlson would have gone with. I thought Carlson was going with Flaherty somewhere to get a better prospect back. Um, yeah, now it looks like, and I'm sure you read this, Rick. Uh, you know, the off season uh, where these guys, like we were talking earlier, uh, there'll be package deals to get yes. uh, the pitching, but Mosellac has his work cut out for him because they need, yeah. uh, they, they need, we need three, three starters. starters. And I, and I some... truly think their mindset is they're going to go get two. They're going to go trade for one. They're going to, they're going to pony up and sign one. And then that fifth spot will be one of McGreevy, Graceffo, Libertor, mm-hmm just for the start to see what happens. And then if they have to go trade for Rich Hill at the deadline, whatever. The hard part out there is that starting pitching is probably of all the, all the spots, the weakest of anything. I mean, everybody needs a couple. I mean, well, that's why I think some of these prospects they got aren't going to be here long. I think a, a couple of those infielders might be headed to Seattle for whether it's Brandon Wu, Gilbert, they said Kirby's off the off the board, but one of those two or heading to Miami for Lazardo or Perez or Cabrera. The problem is you got all the teams that need pitching, you're all going to target the same guys. You're going to overpay yeah. even for a slightly better than not many. Pitcher. Not many though have uh if you're if if you're willing to, a uh, gold glove utility guy that has 15 home run pop in Brennan Donovan. Or gold glove utility guy who's got 10 pop and about 50 stolen bases in his leg in Tommy Edmund. Which, which or, if, you're, if you're trading with a team that needs a few pieces to win, that's fine. But a lot of these starting pitchers are with teams that they're not going to win anything anyway. No, Seattle's not that far off. Seattle gets one of those two guys. <clears throat> Plugs them in at second base, and all of a sudden, like if you look at Seattle's biggest thing is their their team OPB, OBP, and OPS are like twenty eighth in the league. They have power numbers. They just have a lot of they. I think they the stat was they are second in the league in solo home runs. So if they just had a couple guys on base in front of them, you know, and I, I'm not saying it's only going to be that guy go like. It'll take more to it, but not many guys, not many teams have, if the Cardinals want to, ready-made, controllable for four or five more years, guys that are gold glove caliber and bring a other asset to the table like Donovan. And that doesn't even go into if they want to give up a 40 home run second baseman in Nolan Gorman, because he will hit 40 eventually, whether it's here in St. Louis, whether it's somewhere else he goes. Um, other surprising 
quote-unquote surprising trades. Um, the Angels brought back both guys they used to have in C.J. Crone and Randall Grichik. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also, obviously, we talked about got Giolito and uh, Lopez from the Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, Cubs pick up uh, Yamir Candelario from which I, I don't mean I I don't mean this badly but the fact that he was the best bat traded this deadline goes to show how bad the trade deadline actually was wow and his war numbers aren't so bad I mean that's that's where he makes it up a little bit but yeah there's fact that no he, he's not a star he, we needed him to play third and first in some pop and stuff but you're right he's not a star I mean like like who else do you look at? Is Bellinger you know, the guy if he would if the Cubs would but, no? But I'm saying that it was actually moved. Mark Cannon, like is that is that the the Randall Gritchick? Like those are the that's it. Yeah, those are the bats that were moved. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's a lot of pitching flying around. That's about it. Ahmed Rosario isn't a good bat. You know, like yeah. but even the pitching wasn't like no. Like take out Verlander and take out Scherzer. Like those are two multiple sites in the world. No, but I'm saying if you take out those two, yeah, who's the next best guy? A guy Giolito who's got a four six, probably Giolito. Larry who's got a five six or whatever. It is. You know what I mean? Like I didn't take Lance, either one of those guys, but they're not Lance, a fixes for you. Lance Lynn was like one of the prize pieces because he's a strikeout guy. Yeah, right. And you know what I mean? Like that, great with the Dodgers. You know, somebody that can play some defense too. Aaron and, Savali, because he had club control going to Tampa. Like he's like, little got roughed up today. Three yeah, back to back starts. Yikes. <laughs> Once by but like you it's know, gonna like, blow up in their face. The, the Angels are just they're just gonna fall. I hope not, because I want to see Shohei. Everybody does, but it's just they just they aren't gonna win. They they're the Angels. It's just what's gonna happen. Hey, we're going to be able to go ahead here. Yeah. Yeah. We're the leading leading candidate not on either coast. And in fact, I'm not sure the East Coast is even involved in it, to be honest with you. I think there's, yeah, I think it's narrowed down. I think there's three teams that he realistically signs with the Angels, the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Mariners. Who? The Mariners. The Mariners. The The Ichiro connection, I think. Yeah. Is the only other one outside of leaving the Bay? Because uh, there was a report that came out: if the DH was instituted three years earlier, Shohei Otani would have signed with the Dodgers in the first place. Yeah, he's he likes, not, not be likes the lifestyle in the Southern rocks. California. Yeah. That makes sense. Likes the lifestyle in Southern California. What's well, the Rockies, man? Dollars <laughs> around, they'll make it work. Bush. <laughs> um. <laughs> so let's see who who do you think was walked away from this deadline as the quote winner who 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 helped themselves the most which team got to be the rangers rangers or houston rangers or houston yeah i mean i, I would probably lean to houston i mean what a verlander just go for a shutout or something Bring him no, back. They threw a new. They threw a new hitter the day they got him. Oh, the day they got Valdez. Him. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, See, the Raiders too. I, you know, I don't know. You can tell it ain't the old days. It was the old days. The Cubs would have gotten been there from Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh was our farm system. <laughs> the old days are, are officially over. Yeah, that would have taken uh, probably Pete Crow Armstrong, though, from what they were reporting. Yeah, which is why it didn't happen. That's what you said. I mean, it's nobody moved those guys. Yeah. Um, stuff in, uh, I mean, the problem is we needed we needed two left-handed relief pitchers when the season started. The trade deadline's over. We still do need two left-handed relief pitchers. That, that's ace. That's a failure, that part. Did Josh Hader, did he get traded? No, they, they swept uh, the Rangers. They swept the Rangers, and they were buying. But never actually bought anybody. Actually bought, yeah, okay. Because they didn't ship out Waka, like there was reports to. They didn't do Blake Snell, like there was reports to. I'm, I'm shocked the White Sox didn't trade Aaron Bummer too. He's a you know a pretty high leverage left-handed pitcher. I thought he was going to get traded. You know, maybe to the Cubs or something. Who knows? Well, let me tell you what he would have been. A, he would have been a fit on the Cubs, even yeah, you know, even though he's not a shutdown guy. Mm-hmm. The good news is the Cubs have some pretty good catchers behind you because you. You Catcher's, need a good catcher to catch that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's got some some good uh, some sweeping. He stuff. throws a lot of balls in the dirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good no pitcher, place. though. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't they didn't trade him. There's a few, but I'd have taken him. Yeah. You know, and there's some guys in, the, in our farm system that you know they they're blocked. They they got nowhere to go up up here. So I guess what Jed was talking about. Like, They'll probably move in the offseason because there's too many guys coming at the same time at the same positions. And you know, you're going you know, to have to move somebody like Suzuki or whatever. I was surprised they walked away from the $7 million on Mancini. I mean, yeah. they, they, it's not only $7 million. That's the well, other thing. About $10 million, probably $9 million, whatever. No, no, no. Because it's now that they did that, they DFA'd him. They technically have to pay out his club option next year. Because it was a it was a vesting two way option. Well, you know, he's making seven. He's making seven a year. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying you're okay? You're taking already what he was prorated for the rest of this year. Correct. Plus, okay. I thought so you they, meant- they next year's salary. And yeah. let me tell you, the guy's a nice guy, but wow, that's tell you, in the field he'll just kill you. I mean, it's yeah. it's a shame. They'll show they'll show up on somebody's roster. I mean, but. The Astros broke him. <laughs> he, was, he was a pretty good ball player for Baltimore. They said he's going to like, go back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Have I heard that one before? Dusty Baker broke somebody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one 800 call carry. Yeah. Maybe not be a pitching arm this time, but, you know. But uh, he's, never, he's never been the same. I mean, but, I mean, I've seen he was a solid 275, 280 hitter. I mean. Well, I think he's also he's also just older now. I think he's a guy that the the cliff hit him a lot quicker than it hit yeah, some he's other people. Really old, yeah, but he's he did age well. Um, so my winner, not based on trades that they made, based on trades that went on inside their division. We already talked about the Twins. Not like they were actually going to get caught, but I think they become a winner now for the next five years because of it is the Atlanta Braves. Steve Cohen shipping out these guys and saying, oh, we're looking now towards 25, 26. Mm-hmm. That means they're not going to spend money on Shohei. That means that division is yours for 
what, four more years at least, probably three more years without anybody really competing. Hell, but you bring back Bobby Cox, you can sit in the dugout and sleep and win five more pennants. But you know what I mean? Like, so, I, I mean, if you want to get, like, funny about it, I think the Braves technically won by doing all this. I do think the team that helped themselves the most was the Texas Rangers because they got a bullpen arm in Stratton. They got Hedges as a catcher to back up uh, Heim. Heim, yeah, I was going to say his first name. I can't remember it all of a sudden. Yo, uh, Jonah, Jonah Heim. And then they added Montgomery and they added Scherzer. So now they have a rotation of seven guys that legit can throw in the major leagues right now. And, and they don't even have DeGrom in that mix. No. <laughs> um, so I have two two questions. What team did you expect more out of that didn't do anything or, like, disappointed you? And what team, like, just royally messed up in this deadline? Matt. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like Baltimore probably should have went out there and done a little bit more. Why? Why? What are you going to give up? One of your nine top hundred prospects? Yeah, but you wouldn't miss oh, one. Yeah, you're, 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 there's no, there was no game changer unless you were going to go get Dylan Cease. Like, there's nobody for them that I don't know. They have the best record in the American League. When when have they been relevant? How many? How long ago were they actually? They made the playoffs. I think it was 2015 with Chris Davis. 2015. Okay, but relevant. I mean, that's since I was a kid. No, yeah. no, 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 around, no, no, right? they, they should have won the series. They should have won their playoffs against the Yankees in 97, but the guy reached over the fence and they gave Jeter the home run. Baltimore was going to win that series if that didn't happen. But if you're talking about when they were dominant, it'd be back to Earl Weaver's days. Yeah, but do, do, I know. Yeah, the '80s with Cal Ripken and all them. No, they, have, they, have a chance, they have a chance of being the dominant team. For that's my that's yeah. that's my point. So why ship out those guys that are part of that? Unless you're getting like, the point was if they if 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 the White Sox would have pulled off of whether it was Gunnar Henderson or Rodriguez or mm-hmm. Holiday, yeah, and just asked for two other of the top one top nine or whatever. I yeah. guarantee that gets done and yeah. ceases an Oriole, but they w- were adamant, which they should be about Jackson holiday and Jackson holiday to them is their like Jackson holiday is probably going to be the next guy in the major leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. I, you I, know. No, I mean, you're right now and baseball is such a, a luck, uh, you know, year to year, it's it's never what you think it's going to be. You know, on paper, everything looks good. It doesn't always pan out that way. Injuries happen. Things happen. You, just the way clubhouses are, the way things are going, you you got the best record in the American League. You, you got to pedal to the metal, right? You got a great team. You got a good thing going. You got to go for it. But um, that was my – what was the other one? So that was the team you wish they would have done more. Like disappointed or, yeah, that didn't do more. And then who, like, flat out screwed the pooch? This deadline. Oh, who screwed the pooch? Like who just flat out, whether it was a seller not actually selling enough or not doing it the correct way, well, whether it was a team that you thought should have bought. I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good one. I don't know. I mean, I think everybody. It was. It wasn't like a like a crazy 
trade deadline. I don't know. The, the Marlins went out and made a bunch of moves. Yeah. Kind of weirdly. Kind of didn't make sense for No, me. it felt like they, 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 I hope they made like three or four pretty solid moves. And it's kind of like, well, why did you? So maybe they, they got Jake Berger. So then they shipped out, ship out Gene Segura for Josh Bell. Then they ship out Cooper or yeah, Josh you know. Bell, who's completely underperforming. Like, what do you expect there? I, I don't know. They, yeah, they're a team that probably should be better than they are, even though they're probably actually playing pretty well. But I don't know. To my eyes, I feel like that was – I don't know what they're doing. That doesn't make much sense. Keith, disappointed in who screwed the pooch. Uh, you, you know, it might be one and the same. Uh, kind of <clears throat> uh, the Mets. Uh, I, I mean, what a mess. Uh, I don't know. I uh, if if I'm a fan of theirs, I'm not quite sure what to think. It's like, because <clears throat> even though they made all those trades and everything, you know that he's going to probably go out and he's going to spend a crap load of money again. And so you'll probably have a shot <laughs> because he's so willing to uh, uh, just break the bank and do whatever it takes, you know? Um yeah, I don't know. That's a weird situation. I guess another team comes to mind too uh, that really hasn't come up, and it's odd because the last few years they were all over the trade deadline. Uh, the Padres. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like what? Wait, I forgot about them. Apparently, uh, they were in the Verlander sweepstakes for a little bit, but come on, look at their team on paper. Again, on paper, they should be right up on the top. Yeah, they're not. And, it's like Dave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there with the team that that uh, they I, I in my opinion is one and the same, didn't do enough and screwed the pooch. That's the boys in pinstripes out in New York that you know usually at, at this time of the year is when they're you know they're loading up on different spots and things. They did nothing. Yeah. I mean, they they, they, we, zero. we traded them a, a relief. They got pitch. Middleton. Yeah, yeah but for they, what? They did why, why did they even do that? What was the point? That makes. Well, I don't, that's what I think. I mean, I think for them, like. I don't, Dave. Are you saying they should have sold? I well, they should have made a decision one way or another. Sitting on, I, sitting on the fence. It, it, the one, the team ain't getting any younger. I think it's because it's New York, and the Yankees know, don't the, do that. The division that they're in is, you know, if you take you look at Baltimore, even if you look at Boston, for Christ's sake, you know, with some of the young talent, I don't know where the Yankees are going to be competitive next year or whatever. I mean, I. If I were them, I would have tried to get in the playoffs this year, but to do nothing, you you just step back. I mean, I guess they, they can sit back and laugh at the Mets, but I mean, we definitely goes so far and stuff like that. So I mean, they're they're going to be in some you know some even deeper trouble as they going forward. So team, I was disappointed in mainly because I just didn't really understand what fully they were doing. Because they traded away some guys, but then they bought on other guys, and they haven't been relevant. I don't. I honestly don't remember the last time they made the playoffs. Is the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oh yeah. What? 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 Yeah, that's kind of like selling that. Chafin, but then buying on Paul Seawald from Seattle. Like yeah. they've had, 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 yeah. had a pretty surprising year. But and like you're a team there. too that you the have record. you have a lot of pieces and like. You already locked up Carroll. You don't have like a bunch of like 
all stars that are like not up for money. You know what I mean? Like you're not like the Reds that like, like yeah, you're ahead of schedule and you got some guys overperforming, but at the same time, like <laughs> just yeah, you had pieces you could move and you didn't and then a team that i think screwed the pooch mainly because now they have to deal with a guy that invoked this 10 team 10 team no trade clause to not go to a city is the detroit tigers how, how bad if you gotta be where you want to stay in detroit <laughs> you know? yeah right <laughs> for a lot of reasons <laughs> but like jesus christ like could you have just handled that situation any worse whether it's jonathan scope whether it's you know, Rodriguez, whether it's trading Lorenzen to the Phillies, you got a decent prospect back, but like, you're not a good organization. You should like, like, I guess my, my real point of like, how you screwed the pooch is how do you get into talks, have a deal fully worked out for an hour or so with the Dodgers and then realize he won't go there. Would it well, not be smart to go ahead of time? Would, yeah. it, would it not be smart to go, hey, Eduardo, the Dodgers just called and asked if you were interested. Before we start digging into this, would you go there? Would you waive it for there? Didn't this just happen in another sport, though? Wasn't yeah, this- Tori Krug. Thanks for bringing it up. It was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're, we're way down the line. And then it's like, no, no, we're good. <laughs> but Tori Krug's was because I think it, it wasn't. He was asked because I think like he never got asked to waive it. It just came out that he wouldn't waive it because Philly's new GM doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. And then once he realized it got out, they couldn't flip him anywhere. You know, like the deal is I don't think Krug is going to end up there. I think Krug would have waived it technically twice. Mm-hmm. Waived it to go to Philly, waived it to go to somewhere else. But yeah, I think I think Detroit really royally screwed up um and i i don't also understand what uh what a team like the phillies were doing like they get lorenzen but like is that really all you needed was like a fifth starter like yeah you know like you're you're right there to be in the wild card Do they've, a little just, they've just been, they've, they've been like right on that cusp of you know wild card and not wild card the whole season so it well they didn't let no one go either because that was the thing that no because just, that's what I mean. if they if they were you know where the where the Padres are, yeah, Nolan probably gets t- traded, Wheeler maybe even. And then the other team that I kind of sat there and thought like, huh, you didn't really do a whole lot was the Rays. Like you had this great start and you've really cooled off. And you add Aaron Savali and that's it. Like you have no experience. In, like you have a bunch of young guys, you have no experience now in the room to, that have gotten through anything. I don't know. And then I also, the other conclusion I saw was uh, I think every team in the NL has just already accepted that the Braves are going to win the NL. So why compete and why try to make a trade to do anything this year? They're unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Like, 
nah, it's yours. Go ahead. We're not going to give up anything really to go do yeah. too much. I hope we get in and then we can just make some noise in the playoffs because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll just collect our gate fees. You go on, you go ahead. We'll That's... collect our gate fees until we run India, <laughs> wherever it is. Yeah. No. <clears throat> All right. Did the Bra- did the Braves do? What do the Braves do? They they just got Nicky Lopez. That was it. And then Lopez. they got they got a left handed reliever out from the Rockies, which is way cool because Nicky Lopez is uh, a neighbor of yeah yeah our, of our, of the family. The, yeah, the family. The family. So it's like that's really cool to see him go there and then possibly you know win a ring or something. Who knows? We'll see. But it's cool. Yeah, they got Brad Hand. Yeah, it's not like the Royals. You can't even say the Royals are a disappointment. They don't really have much. I don't get why they they acted like they were forced to trade him. Why? He's under control for like two more years, too. I don't know. I, I think before the season, there were talks about the White Sox maybe trying to go and get him just to play a good defensive second base because we didn't have a second baseman. How or just be, I heard it was just to be like a utility guy that could bounce around between well, that too. Yeah. Give guys off days, yeah, that would have been nice. I would have liked to like that, but... but yeah, we will move on to our uh, our power rankings after the now. We didn't take into account like after the deadline trades or anything, this is just as of right now. So let's move over to the power rankings. Uh, at number 10 for the first time all year. Um, and again, what we just talked about, them not not doing anything. Uh, oh, sorry. They're number nine. My bad. The Boston Red Sox also didn't do anything. Our number 10. Number nine is the Philadelphia Phillies. Number eight, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, number seven, the Toronto Blue Jays. Number six, the Houston Astros. Five, Baltimore. Hmm. Four the Dodgers, three the Rangers, two the Rays, and one the Braves. Where did I put the, let me see where I put. I thought the ball overs were higher on the list. Yeah, they they fall uh, victim to uh, the rest of the formula outside of our just grading of like run differential and uh, yeah. games above five or against above five hundred. Like their run differential. 60 is 60 as opposed to 92 147 142 and 152 out of the, all the teams above them mm-hmm. the run difference is less than the Cubs <laughs> well when you score 20 in our game that helps yeah it, do, it don't hurt it's, score it. 20 a couple times yeah. in the second half. Yeah. score 20 a couple times four for five Man. they came back again tonight they were down five to two and they're up seven to five there we go Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see in like two weeks, three weeks, how different this, uh, power ranking might look based off of some of these moves and where some of these teams start going in their trajectory with some of the new guys. You'll see some yeah, the guys they bring the teams are gonna do well are the ones who bring up some young guys who do very well when they come up. Oh, I just mean like how much more will the Astros maybe climb after getting Verlander and winning a couple more games? Well it's not gonna hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about that. Like, or you know. 
just outside technically right now is the Angels, but they're eleventh. Um, I don't know. You know. But again, they didn't land that player that really made them that different than when they were going. No, in. but they kept that player that makes them that different. Well, well yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so now we'll, we can just go back to some more of our uh, normal, normal uh, baseball, baseball chatter. Um, I was telling Keith this beforehand, and I don't mean this as much as a shot at the Cubs. But well, God, how? Anyway. Yeah. Well, no, Dave. Let me let me say. It. How much does how much does one technically two horrific calls change? I, I knew you. I knew you'd bring that up because in some of those same games, there were some calls that went exactly the opposite. There was one no, on the corner that was horrific. Dave, Dave, the both every the, the whole series up in Chicago, the Cubs were plus two runs almost every game. But by point being, the Cardinals a guarantee of Burleson walks on that pitch. They tie the game. They probably take the lead. They probably win that. They probably win three out of four of that series. They probably at least split in St. Louis. And Mo comes out and says, Well, we're gonna hang on to all our guys because we might have a chance. So deep down, I'm like, thank God that was called a strike, and they grounded into a double play but because you, you, you missed a lot them. of calls going the other way, guys. Is what I'm gonna tell you because I, I no, knew, Dave, I, I didn't. I watched I the game. This would come up, Dave. I watched the game. No, that that was it. Took okay. it took at least it, two straight pitches. Took a run off the board. It was ball four twice. A run off the board. A one two or a one one pitch that's called a strike is not the same. Well, maybe if but, he doesn't bitch about the first one, he doesn't get the doesn't get the second call against them. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's, it's it's in the other batter's box. Both calls. That like that that's a BS thing to say. Both call, both calls were horrible. They should have tied the game, but it doesn't matter because it forced the Cardinals' hands, which is fine by me because then they don't get to say, "Well, we're just going to keep Montgomery. And we're going to keep Flaherty." And then when it comes free agency time, they're too expensive. We don't want to pay them because I'll be happy for you. Yeah, you know. I'll be happy for you. But let me tell you what: there were calls that went in. If you were listening to the Chicago thing, the couple of calls on Nico Horner were horrific. There was a call on wisdom that was just beyond belief. Yeah, it was there. The ball almost rolled in, and it was called the third strike on him. And there were two guys on. So I mean, the umpire in that scene, in that series was not good. All right, but it, to say it, it cost you two games. No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy that. I didn't. I I said it might have. I I mean, it definitely cost them. Oh, no, you said you would have won three out of four. So. Well, I, the Cubs, I, I don't see it. Okay. Okay. The Cubs were on a bad slide at the time. The Cardinals had won six straight. They continue that momentum. They might, I said, they might have won three out of four and maybe split the series in Chicago or in St. Louis, meaning Mosellock keeps guys instead of trading them. So one giant, horrible missed call pushed Mosellock's hand, which was more beneficial for the Cardinals. That's my, that was my point. That'd be happy for you. And it also just fooled the Cubs into being buyers because they're going to finish around 500 in this. Like, and I don't mean buyers. They, they probably should have. Strowman's getting ready to fall off a cliff. They probably should have sold him. That's the only guy but, that I think they should have because sold. Of, because of the July he had, they weren't going to get much back for him right now. Yeah. And now he's hurt. I under, yeah, that's but so he's going to walk anyway. No. That's. That's my point. Is like, he's, like that's the only guy that I would say they should 
Well, at the yeah. end of the year, he may want that $21 million that's sitting on the table. If he, if he doesn't finish the year any better than he's pitching right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying they should have sold him because it's no matter what, because then they're not liable for $21 million on a guy that. But he'll give you, yeah. he'll give you a $21 million year in today's world. He's not going to give you a $40 million year like he was heading for. He'll give you that $20 million. It's just, you look at his background. You know, it, I mean, unfortunately, in today's world, you know, a 500 pitcher is 20 million and 25 million a year. It's a sad fact. It is. But at about a four ERA, then that's where he'll he'll level into, you know, some of that and probably pitch that way next year for whoever he pitches for. And as you know, as far as Bellinger is concerned, they're either going to be able to sign him or they're not. They're they're going to make an effort to sign him. There's no question about it. And it matters not whether he left now or stayed now. It, that's up to that's up to him and Boris whether he wants where he wants to play. Yeah, and we'll see what happens it. there. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. I mean, the Mets are gonna throw an offer at him that you know knock their socks off and stuff like that too. I mean, so why did he sign? No, up? it won't be the. You know what I mean? It'll be the, playing. The Yankees are gonna offer him. The Yankees are gonna offer him the world. They Harrison Bader's a free agent. They're gonna offer him. A blank check to come play center field in a porch where you can hit 40 bombs with your eyes closed because it's a fly ball that's 310 that goes out. You know, and quite frankly here, and the, I mean, the problem here is he's probably a first baseman if he stays here. Otherwise, they have to like, Armstrong stay in the minors in our league another year. I mean, well, you can know, see, see a Suzuki. I don't think he's that great, you know. I don't. Well, he took a, took a grand slam away from your team had a defense to He's a, yeah, he's a, yeah, but I mean, paid, talking Bellinger, Peaker, Armstrong, or Saya, I mean, it's like, we're, we're, who's going to be playing? Any, uh, well, they, you know, they didn't pay Saya a ton of money and stuff like that. He, you know, he's making a decent salary. Yeah, they needed to make a splash when they made a splash. And I don't think he's, he's, he's a 260 hitter. He's not a, the splashiest guy. He's a 260 hitter with 10 to 12 homers. I mean, that, that's where he is. And he's above average defensively. Yeah. That, you know, and that's who he is. And that's what they value. That's what the Cubs value when they went and got all the players. Was everyone is above average defensively. Hey, we're not going to, there's not going to be, the shift isn't allowed. So we need to prioritize defense to counteract the shift being taken away. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked. It did. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what, I, the two years before that, I watched them boot the ball all over the field. I mean, it was, it was hard to watch. I mean, it's, you just come to the South side, you watch that every game. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, and when you when you get rid of that, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the game a lot more. You yeah. you will because it's just you don't give runs away every game. You know, and it comes the year before, they were good for at least a run or a run and a half to the other two. Yeah, yeah. you know, just in either plays that weren't made and, or were booted. And they're just killer too. It's just the morale goes, you know, when that run is given up or that that booted ball or the errant throw or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's rough. I, mean, I hope I hope Bellinger yeah. stays, but we'll yeah, we'll see. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was worth it. It's been fun to watch him this year. I'll tell you that he's yeah, he's a hell of a player. But he wasn't for two years before that. Go figure. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, and, and it was same with uh, Stroman too. You know, it's like he was. He had a good year or two a couple of years back in Toronto. He's been kind of like in the middle of the pack, and now he has this wonderful year. And it's like you know, it makes you just question. You know, if you like, look at the number, if you look at the numbers behind his, though, like hard hit balls, balls in play, 
he was over exceeding what he was throwing. He, he was the uh, he got he got some breaks during the year mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, he, like I said, he's he's a maybe slightly better than five hundred pitcher, but usually he doesn't get hurt. He takes the ball and gives you your innings. I mean, so mm-hmm. that's you know that that's kind of who he is. He's not the ace of your staff, and he's not the ace of this staff. No, no, that's Justin Steele. <laughs> you know, and, and and next year he he's going to fall farther away from being the ace. So. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I don't mind that either that either one of them stayed. And, you know, on Bellinger, hell, I just wanted to watch him play. You know, was, I watched so much bad baseball for two freaking years. I <laughs> I just enjoy watching something decent. So, cost me twenty bucks a month to do it now, but I know. Well, at least you can do it. We wouldn't we even have allowed to do that. Well, oh, yeah, when I couldn't do it, that was even pissier. No. Now it's, now it's 20 bucks a month, but I have been able to watch the games. So, and the other part I like is they also uh, air the AAA and AA games. Not all of them, but some. So you get to watch your prospects play too, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's now 10 5 Cubs, by the way. So, Jesus. Well, when your GM puts a little bit of faith in your team, you know, it's funny how things go. And what does that buy you? I mean, it does buy you something. You know, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, if they would have sold it to deadline again, I would stop watching it again probably the rest of the year. I mean, it would have been, yeah, screw this. Oh. I'll go watch one of our other teams. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are already good either. Damn. Yeah. Oh. Nope, you're the you're the last man standing at this point. <laughs> you're the only one worth anything. Yeah, we, yeah, we made, we made a few arrows in our head and stuff like that, but we're still in the game at least. And then you know you look about and Milwaukee's yeah, Milwaukee did nothing. No, I mean the Reds. Milwaukee doesn't in the long run doesn't worry me. It's it's the Reds. But I they they are building they are. Last year's Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, they're going to be good for a while. Yep, really good. And the last time we you when you go back to my time or something, when the Cubs had some really good teams for years, here in the division with the you know goddamn big red machine, you know that was that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, every year you you hope one guy in the team wouldn't have a good year, you know. So, yeah, I think that'll about wrap this one up. Uh, unless anybody's got anything else. No, looking forward to next year being more competitive and, and uh, we'll have more than two teams in a race next year. That's there. And I still think the, the, the the two best teams this year, even though you, you, you gave up there, I still thought it was us and you guys, but run differential it was. Oh, hold on. That reminded me. The stat I wanted to give up. Two weeks. This was as of the... Uh, run differential? Uh, no, no. This was as of the second game in Arizona. So after, right after we left Chicago. Uh, at the time, the Cardinals were... Let me pull up the record. Let me go back to that date real quick. 
Because you would have been still positive run differential at that time because it was you and us. No, it's no, it's not run differential. It just will tell you what the what people try to say was the issue and what the actual issue uh was of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um so let's see here. Let me go to that date. That was because it was when it was Tuesday night, I I do believe. Yeah, when we blew when we blew that uh save to them. Um so the Cardinals at that time were after that date 45 and 57. Uh if they had the amount of blown saves hmm. um as any other team in the division, there this would be would have been their uh record. By the way, the, the, the they have uh they have twenty nine blown saves at this point. If they had blown what the Ra- what the Reds have blown, which was fifteen, they would have been fifty four and forty eight. If they would have had what the Brewers had blown, thirteen, fifty six, and forty six. Uh, if they had blown what the Pirates had at twelve, they would have been fifty seven and forty five. And if they would have blown what the Cubs had blown at that time, nine, they would have been 60 and 42. Nine is a lot of blown saves. The Cardinals, like, that's how bad the bullpen has been. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, blown saves are a little different because you can technically have a blown save now in the seventh inning. Yeah. But But 29 of those and you're 45. So if if they would have had nine, like the Cubs did, and played what they had, They'd be four. They'd be sixteen forty-two. Four games. Four. That would be a four-game lead in the division at the day on the day because yeah, the, the Brewers were leading at fifty-six and forty-seven. Yeah, and they also have a terrible record, record in uh, one-run games. Oh, well, yeah. we, we got to be right there with you in one-run games because we lost <clears throat> a shitload early in the year. Oh, uh, I can tell you that right now. Give me a second. That one. There's, a, there's this. There's this nice thing called Baseball Reference that gives you a lot of. Uh, I mean, Cubs don't have as many type of stuff because they're either way up by the end of the game or they're already way out of it. So it doesn't matter at that point. So in one-run games right now, the St. Louis Cardinals going into today are 9-22. and 22. Yeah. Uh, The Chicago Cubs are 11-13. and 13. Nine and 22 in one-run games. And they've blown 29. And the one that they blew that day that this all came out, they blew the save for the 29th blown save the most in the league. And then they gave up an extra run, so it was no longer a one-run game. They lost three to one. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you this question then. Why did they move Jordan Montgomery? Because he's a Scott Boris. Because he's a Scott Boris client. And he wants oh, to hit yeah, the market. He wants, he wants to hit the market, so they got something back. That's why they did it all. Jordan Hicks, all those guys, they just got them. I mean, there's reports that some of the Cardinals beat writers don't be surprised if come whatever date it is, December 1, I think, is when they can technically resign that Hicks doesn't sign a three-year extension back in St. Louis. But they moved him for the assets because, one, they were kind of giving him a favor, like, yeah, here, go go have a playoff run, whatever, have fun. I mean, if they were – if we would have done what we were going to do, Two, last week or two weeks ago before the deadline, 
And this was before the skid to losing three or losing uh, six out of eight to the Cubs because that's re- they took two out of three from the Diamondbacks and lost six out of eight to the Cubs and still somehow had a winning record in the month of July. Riddle me that. Don't know, mm-hmm. you know exactly what the Cardinals were doing then. I would have told you they would have kept one of Flaherty and Montgomery, probably Montgomery. And until I found out that he had the Cardinals on his no trade list, I thought they were going to trade for Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn because that would have been the John Mosellock move. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because here's what I thought was going to happen when he had the trade thing. We would have talked about this before it happened. I thought you guys, because of the way you were playing and where you were, would have traded some of the uh, Dylan Carson, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, Donovan, somewhere to win a package for a couple of those and brought in another starter plus Lance Lynn. That's where I figured you guys were going to go. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, uh, I think that, I think that would like that's what I'm that's what I'm saying by like that one right who you got would you expect it I mean that one pitch I'm saying that there those two pitches that were called strikes on Burleson that were balls that would have tied the game completely changed the entire because I don't like the Cardinals then would have if they would have done that you had Newt Bar Don or Newt Bar Goldschmidt Arenado Gorman all coming up bases loaded one out you're probably going to get a sack fly to take the lead. And I think the mindset of both the Cubs and the Cardinals would have flipped for the rest of that series. Like, like the Cubs kind of would have went, uh Oh, our skid isn't ending. The Cardinals would have been like, Oh, we're rolling. Let's see. That's why I think they take one more of those games in Chicago and they split here in St. Louis. And then Mo goes and does what you're talking about. I don't think he would package somebody then because, and the only reason is because Seattle came out and said, we are not trading any of our young controllable pitching right now. That's what all that. So that's when they come back to that in the off season. But yeah, he would have went out. Got I guarantee his deadline deals would have been Rich Hill and Lance Lynn, if Lynn would have came here. Lynn then it came out that they had him. He had him on no trade clause, or he St. Louis on his no trade list. But so then it would have been Rich Hill and probably somebody like Michael Lorenzen or you know something like that would have been. I thought you were. I thought you would have taken Lynn, and I thought there was a chance you would have taken Giolito because then. At the end of the year, between Giolito and Flaherty, you can flip a coin and sign one of them. I think, you, I think you would either have gotten Lynn or Giolito. I think once it was out that Lynn was on a no trade issue with you, it was it would have been Giolito then, and that would have taken, I don't know, Dylan Carlson, Michael McGreevy, and I don't know if it would have been. Tommy Edmond at the time it would have not even been I don't even know if it would have been Brennan Donovan it might have been Andrew Kisner it might have been you know somebody that's just serviceable for them for the rest of the year and but they got Dylan Carlson the controllable outfielder type of and a and a young pitcher but that's what I'm saying that one that one sequence of those two balls being called who knows but all I'm thankful for now looking I was mad at the time because I did think like okay like then the Cardinals, it was like they went in this mindset of like, oh, here we go again. And then they lost the rest of the weekend and then, you know, went out to Arizona, took two out of three, but then came back and laid duds, which they were one for one for 31 in runners in scoring position in the four game series here in St. Louis against the Cubs. One for 31. That's hard to do. What's your lineup? That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's harder to do that. <laughs> one for 31. 
was bad. Well, I think was it uh, Goldsmith had a bad series. And Arenado. Arenado's got like coming into today. I think he was like, yeah, was... I think he was like three for his last. But that's the way he is. He's streaky. He's yeah. three yeah, for he, his last he, like. He didn't hit twenty six, but I thought he saved about three runs during that yeah. series. He made some plays that were just. They were Arenado, and, and nobody else in baseball would have made those plays. But yeah, I think I mean that's what like butterfly effect, right? Like the movie, if that if one of those is called a ball, are the are the two teams flipped in what they what they did at the deadline? You know, I, th- I think it's it's a stretch considering how many bad calls there were. But did it have an effect? Yeah, of course it did. Well, I mean, it literally took a run off the board. That's what I'm saying. Like it. That was ball four ties the game with one out and the top of your lineup coming up, only needing a sack fly to maybe to get a run in. But my the point is, is like the Cardinals were six, had won six straight. They win that game, come back to win that game in that fashion. Does it continue to roll a little bit? Does it continue to have the Cubs kind of like, uh-oh, we're skidding. Instead, it, they get the call going their way. They win the next three. They get hot. You know what I mean? Like, I just wonder, like, where, like, how different is this? Well, the Cubs picked a good time to win 10 out of 11. Yeah. And then you, at the front end of that, if you go back to, into June, they had a 9-1 stretch also. So, I mean, it's... You know, I know, but, uh, but I'm saying Jet, record Jet Hoyer was still saying they were selling. So, if that call goes against them, they lose that game. They were selling. I know. I'm saying, so are these roles... If that one call flips, I wonder if the entire roles of these organizations at this time flip the cardinals do a minor buy and the cubs sell off bellinger and stroman not selling off a lot more than that but selling off bellinger you know like because if if the cubs split the series with the cardinals and they split the series with the white Sox and they split the series with the cardinals again i don't think they buy i think they then ship out bellinger that's my point like that's what i'm saying like even if the cardinals didn't win three out of four in chicago for the cubs just splits on all those series might have and, changed. And Bellinger, if Bellinger would have been sold, considering like you said, Candelario was the top bat that got right, you would you would have had to get back, a, you know, basically a starter for next year. But I don't. That's some, what I'm. I don't know. If, top, I don't. Top one or two prospects. I don't know if you were going to because that market wasn't there. Like there, like it just seemed like that wasn't what people were willing to trade for whatever reason this year. Like the uh, the, 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 the number. The number one guy's hitting 260 with what 16 home runs, and the other guy's hitting 321 with 20 something homers, and he missed a month. No, he's only got he's only got 16. Bellinger, I looked at that the other day. Yesterday was 17 for him. 17. Yeah, but that but still, my point is is that just nobody was willing to move these. Like the highest traded prospect was I think was the Gilbert guy because the Mets paid for him, and he was like 27 on the on the top 100. Like so, like. Well, I think Bellinger though, would have been for certain teams could have been a difference maker. You know, Candelario is a difference maker, but really probably only on the Cubs and a few other teams. I mean, that was, you know, he he was a fit for what we needed. You know, he's, he's six for seven in two days with a little walk. So, <laughs> but, but you know, it's uh, yeah, he, he's a two sixty, two fifty five, two sixty hitter. Sorry, the uh, highest traded prospect was 44th. It was Acuna from the Rangers, not even not even Gilbert from 
Yeah, I think Bellinger would have done a little better than that. So, how much better? Only, only if there was a market. That's the thing. Only if the I, but I think they would have shipped them to the Yankees, and the Yankees don't have anybody in the top 100. That would have been because I think the play first for the Astros right now. Uh, still Yeah, but I, I mean, he's gotten. He's gotten hot as of at least last I saw. He was, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think him just playing first is like the thing. I think for Bellinger, it's the fact that he can do both. Well, sure, but Astros would have been looking at him like they look at a lot of people though. But this year, yeah, yeah, Abreu's uh, now up to. 241, 10 home runs, 57 RBIs. So you basically you, you double the you know, the home runs and you, you raise the batting average by 80 points. That's that would be quite a difference in that lineup. Yeah, but I don't think they would trade. I don't think I don't think they would plug they him have in. Reminders, but yeah. They, well, no, they, they signed him. I don't think they would take away the guy they signed for a three-year contract for a one it would be more like bellinger's the dh and playing the outfield and occasionally spelling it first i if that was that that's why i think the deal would have been to the yankees but but yeah we'll wrap this one up and we'll call it a night we'll meet next week and we'll uh probably get into the nfl a little bit more next week yeah, all right good. guys thanks guys. have a good one see you Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.